Welcome to 626 Ohana California Adventures Podcast Number 2. Where we talk all things Disney, theme parks, and travel. We're your hosts. I'm Brad. I'm Kim. And today we're going to cover some news of openings and closing in Disneyland and Disney World. Some news in Disney Cruise Line and the greater cruise industry. And also the big news of the week that Disneyland canceling all annual passes and how that compares to other Southern California theme parks. So let's go ahead and get started with downtown Disney District at Disneyland is getting a Star Wars trading post at the old Rainforest Cafe. It originally closed uh, to make room for a new hotel, but after Disney had some difficulties with the city of Anaheim, it all kind of fell through and the old Rainforest Cafe restaurant has been empty. Yeah, um, that's kind of an interesting story we've been told. Uh, The rumor was it was over three feet. Yeah, so they would have had to somehow change... Uh, zip code and it would have affected the whole project and taxes and the city of Anaheim decided to flex some muscles and Disney flexed back. (laughs) Yeah, so it was kind of a weird thing, but in the long run, you know... It all worked out because instead of that new hotel there, they're going to put a DVC tower at Disneyland Hotels and we are getting a Star Wars trading post at the downtown Disney district, which I think is going to fit in there quite well. Yeah, I think the the theming of the restaurant before was kind of that jungle anyway, since it was a Rainforest Cafe, as we all know, has that jungle theme. They were able to mold that building into what they needed for Star Wars. And the shape of it and the outline, I think it could get really creative, and I think that's cool. I'm excited for yeah, that. It's too bad that Landry's and Disney couldn't come together, though, because Disney need, downtown Disney, Disneyland needs a lot more restaurants to sit down and eat. And actually, we've eaten at that location several times and never had a problem. No, the food was okay. And uh, especially with kids, it was something to do and uh, keep the kids entertained. But uh, Star Wars Trading Post is definitely going to be a popular addition. Oh, yeah. And they've already had it open another uh, another location open of this before. And it did really well. So this is probably why they're going to make this more of a permit location for them. Right. And, of course, there's the rumored uh, Mandalorian will be included in this store so that's always a good thing because we could all use a little bit more of the child in our life (laughs) okay and so let's go to our next item is tom holland is reprising the role as spider-man for web slingers a spider-man adventure at avengers campus at disneyland california adventure and at disneyland paris yeah disney released a clip this week and uh it looks like tom holland was almost making the intro like the pre-show during this clip and i thought it looked like the whole ride looks fun to me. It showed a lot of people making kind of those spider web hand gestures. And I don't know. It just, they looked caught up in having fun. And I want to fling some spider webs from my hand. <laughs> yeah, um, it kind of looks interesting from what I saw too. It, But it does look like you're using 3D glasses. Those look kind of nice though. They don't look too big. Yeah, I don't know. They kind of, it almost kind of reminds you of a little bit of Avatar. Then they kind of the the with the motion, the glasses and everything instead of using the new technology they used in Star Wars. But Avid Flight of Passage kind of glides and you're riding a vehicle. I mean you're still riding a vehicle, but it's more of a side by side vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I mean it's gonna spin and move and it's being described by Disney as a spinning dark and loud ride. Yeah, so it'll be kind of interesting to see. So uh, hopefully we'll get to see that soon if Disneyland gets to open. But I will say um, with 3D glasses, I it begs a question after Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride is, is it going to make people sick? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Harry Potter ride actually gets to me after about one time. 
the without the 3D glasses. Yeah, that one really got to me that time we went on to, uh, and it, I don't know, but Avatar, I can do a couple of times and be okay, and, but after about the third or fourth time, I start not feeling that great. Yeah, it was kind of funny because Harry, uh, Hayden and I went on, our son went on the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride, and it broke down the first time in the middle, so they're like, you can go a second time. Brad bowed out and said, no, I can't do it a second time. That's too much. And so Hayden and I went a second time. It was great. Once again, broke down. And they offered us to go a third time. And Hayden's like, well, we just wait, you know, we sat there stuck for a while. And he's like, can we please write it again? And there's almost no wait because they kind of cut us in the line because the ride broke down so long. Um, after the third ride, Hayden and I got to a point where we almost got stuck nearly upside down. It was like tilted down. So I had to put my head up. Anyways, that time finally got to me. But I wonder if another 3D ride is going to be a little bit like that. But the interesting thing I will say about um, the clip with Tom Holland is that his remarks make me feel like he's ridden the ride before. Well, we know uh, if you watch the Imagineering on Disney Plus Mm -hmm. is that they do test a lot of these rides and mechanics out beforehand. So there's a possibility that after he did everything and... You know, they're fairly close at Disneyland to completing this. So maybe they did do some test runs or preliminary test runs with him in it. My suspicion is it is finished. Oh, well, you know, when was it originally supposed to be done? Last summer. So summer of 2020. So we did hit a little bit of that uh, time because of the virus was shutting down. But it would make sense that it's probably very close now, if not done. Yeah. So that's exciting. Spider-Man will be a great ride. Um like the whole a, Avengers campus down there, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're lucky to get that on the West Coast because obviously the the contract with Marvel on Disney World can't have certain rides because of Marvel. Yeah, but I it'll be a good, fun addition. So that's exciting to look forward to because, of course, we all need positive Disney news. <laughs> so talking of Disney World, the Hall's presidents have closed quietly for refurbishment to include newly sworn in president today, uh, Biden. It was 2017, it was closed from January to December, and it was a major refurbishment. So if you're going to go there in probably the next few, another month, would you say they're being down? I think it's going to be a little bit longer than that. I think it's going to be a few months. And so that they can, uh, and as they do every every time a new president is elected in the United States, that they add them into the Hall of Presidents. Correct. All right. This one I'm super, super excited about. I can't even wait. I'm this one, I think I'm the most, like, I, I've got to get back to Epcot um, for the new French pavilion that's opening, and even more so, uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. Oh, I thought you'd be after the new bathrooms. Okay, I, I am drooling <laughs> over the pictures in the new bathrooms, not going to lie. I work in the healthcare industry, I'll tell you that. Um, I like that they have the automatic faucets and paper towel dispensers that you don't have to click down, but they also have a hair dryer for hands. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah. That's kind of funny because they only did the hair, the air dryers at, um, the star Wars expansion at Disneyland, um, at galaxy's edge and they did not have any paper towel dispensers. Yeah. So for uh pandemic and us, uh, 
I don't know. Some of us healthcare workers, we may be pretty thrilled about that. <laughs> I like those options. So yeah, yay, well, Disney. I mean, Disney's obviously trying to be environmentally friendly with paper and everything mm-hmm. else, but the studies have shown that paper towels... Well, quite frankly, the air dryers have been shown to spread, spread germs, germs and bacteria, bacteria so. and viruses. So uh, I'm quite a fan of the automatic paper towel dispensers. And so, as Kim said, uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, I guess, Stowe's restaurant looks it looks like it's getting ready to be open. I can't wait. Yeah, again, that was originally set to open uh, summer 2020 again, pandemic. But the walls are down, and to me, that... I really, really think that means that we are so close to those soft openings. Um, I don't think they would have done it uh, too early. Mm-hmm. But I think kind of spring, maybe before spring break, would be a good guesstimate. Yeah, now think about the lines that you have with six feet apart and a new opening ride at Disney World. Okay, this is supposed to be good news. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are going to be some massive lines. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully Fast Passes come back for that because um, I'm, I can't wait. I wonder if they're going to do something like they did at Rise of the Resistance at uh, Hollywood Studios for the Fast Passes where you have to be in the park or not. Well, book the now, I'm sorry, is you have to do it at 7 o'clock in the morning. I really hope not. And do your passes. But you don't have to be in the park right now because of the pandemic. They just want you to you can do it from your hotel room. I don't but like it. You have it. to have a reservation for Epcot that day, all the rules. But it'd be interesting if they did it that way. I don't like it because if you're one of those people that have tried and tried and just can't get in and you are you have your reservation days on at a certain theme park and you're making that once in a year trip or whatnot, it's, it, and some people are getting it all the time. I know there's that argument of it. I'd rather go wait in line to know that I will get to ride it. Well, yeah. You know, there, it's it's kind of one of those things. I know we haven't got to do Rise of the Resistance because we kept saying, hey, we'll come back to Disney Disneyland and do it. And yeah, no. Yeah, we should have tried it at <laughs> Hollywood Studios back uh, but, last uh, January. But those times where people were showing up extremely early, like at 6 o'clock in the morning, try to be out in front of the park. So try f- 4 and 5 a.m. I mean, that's just crazy to get for a ride. And I know understand that people really want to ride it, but I, I think wasting your morning to do that. Oh, well. Yeah. So let's we'll have to see, but mm-hmm. I'd really hope that they would go back to a standby line. So let's go on to our next one, which was Disney Cruise Line. Uh, Kim and I did report this as on our YouTube channel. Which, of uh, course, if you want to go over and look at that announcement, it's on 626 Ohana, CA for California. Um, we, I was looking at our cruises that's booked for later, late spring, early summer. Wanted to kind of see what was going on, see if I could get some hints. And some little things have popped up in the cruise line. But of course, we already realized that cruises from Disney are canceled through March. And cruises longer than seven nights have been canceled. Yeah, so we've seen also the Pacific Coast Cruise have been removed from uh, the website for San Diego to Vancouver for early May as well. That's pretty telling because there's nothing from San Diego like there has been in previous years to set up the wonder for that Alaskan season. Yeah, and then a new two-day cruise popped up on the website from Vancouver to Seattle. From July 5th to 7th, um, if Brad and I were to go, it would cost the two of us $1,041 for two nights. Yikes. Yeah, and the price I said on our YouTube channel is $1,489 and... That's and for all three, three of us. Yeah, we included Hayden uh, just because what we had on there. Um, and 
it's kind of interesting because uh, there was a previous nine night Alaskan cruise that was canceled that was leaving out Vancouver before this. Mm-hmm. And also there's a round trip Alaskan cruise from Vancouver that starts on July 7th. But that leaves a really interesting question of how does a wonder disembark from both Seattle and Vancouver on the same day? So I think there's some kind of news that we're going to hear about soon because I don't think that's, that's just, possible. There's no way because Vancouver and Seattle, even though it's not a short distance, but you're talking a, a big ship that going around, it would take them probably a good half day if not longer just to get to the port. Right. And then you'd have to disembark and reembark or whoever knows what they'd have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take some time. So to me, I think that is forecasting the Alaskan season. I don't believe we're going to see Alaskan cruises before that point. Um, for several reasons, but um, news should be coming shortly. Yeah, hopefully we get something. Um, Brad found something interesting. Yeah, we're doing a whole, some research on this, trying to get, like I told you in the uh, YouTube video for our YouTuber scribes or, or vote join us. Canadians have been told to cancel all travel plans and new restrictions can be posed without notice. Prime Minister Trudeau stated today, January 20th, it is not time to be traveling abroad. If you have plans to leave the country, please, on behalf of all Canadians, cancel your trip. It's not worth catching COVID-19 and bringing it back to Canada for a trip down south or elsewhere. So what he's basically saying is there's possible outbound travel ban on international travel um, during March breaks that they could see new travel restrictions in Canada. And right now, Canada has some of the strictest border restrictions worldwide. I mean, this is why we're not seeing cruises leave out of Canada right now. Well, I think it's interesting. They do say that the little smaller ships like American Cruise Lines can travel out of there. Yeah, but they have to have be under, if I my, my memory serves, under 100 people, crew, and passengers. Yeah, that's not going to work for most <laughs> cruise lines. And it's a pretty small one. And those ships actually have a little bit more advantage than our regular ships because, unfortunately, they're U.S. flag. These, small, these couple mm-hmm. of smaller ones are U.S. flag, so they can leave right out of Seattle and skip Canada. And go right to Alaska because right. of U.S. maritime law states that they can. I think it's interesting um, point to make that I we were looking through the Canadian websites looking for their version of like the CDC for sailing and reopening, but we didn't find anything. No, basically what we found is uh, February twenty eighth is the last day of the restrictions. So we we're talking about March is the last time that they've talked about re- possibly reopening. Cruises, but with uh, today's announcement from Prime Minister Trudeau, that's not looking good. No. So then we started looking at, okay, so what is the CDC saying about cruises? Because they are going to um, depend on when cruises and Disney Cruise Lines can restart. Well, the first thing is international travelers to the U.S. need COVID testing. Um, I think it's three days before they're able to come. Yeah, and then... uh... Yeah, and then also you have to go to, what, depending on what state you're flying into, and you have to go by their restrictions. Like if you're flying to, to California, you would have to quarantine for 14 days. So that's not going to be a, really reasonable for a lot of people. I think that's one reason why we definitely saw the San Diego ports uh, not happening at this point or scheduled any longer. Oh, probably even. I don't know. Did you look at Long Beach? I didn't see. No, no I looked at all cruises on the Wonder for spring, and there's nothing until oh. those... Um, 
late May cruises out of Vancouver at okay. this point. So you, you limited your search to Disney cruises at that time, not to other cruise lines. Right. I did limit it just to Disney. Because we do have a port here in Long Beach that uh, also does cruises. But I think they probably would be all California because of the 14-day quarantine from out of state. Correct. And uh, Governor Newsom is even... <laughs> Uh, he might be even stricter than uh, Prime Minister <laughs> Trudeau. Yeah, well. So uh, we might, I, I definitely don't think too many cruise lines are going to take a gamble on California point yeah. ports. And the other thing is I did look at Washington restrictions. The only thing they have restrictions on are people who are come for um, the United Kingdom or South Africa that have the new COVID strain that okay. hasn't been anything updated. So basically from what I'm getting is that you can go to Washington State and don't have to quarantine. The CDC has... Um, published a 40-page list of things that the cruise ships have to do before they're able to take the next step towards cruising. (laughs) I have not read all 40 points, but I'm understanding it's quite extensive and uh, it takes a lot of time, money, and effort. Well, you want to be safe. Right, you do. And I understand that, but wow, that's a lot of uh, (laughs) sprucing and uh, things to implement. And to make sure, I don't think any cruise line wants to go to the CDC Without every little thing perfect and checked off. Well, that's meaning every time that it's probably not checked off from the CDC, that it's probably going to delay them weeks, if not yeah. possibly months, because you know government red tape and everything else that goes on with anything like that. So yeah, and the other thing is the CDC says it's not going to approve any um, cruising with rising number of cases, which unfortunately is still occurring. Um, that does not bode well for the cruise <laughs> industry. After the CDC is willing to. Um, except a thir- uh, written uh, notice that they're ready to look into the next step. They have to give them a 30-day notice um, prior to doing what they're going to be considered um, the test cruises. So it, they'll get something back called a conditional sailing certificate, and then they are um, approved to the test cruises. So first of all, you have to have the approval of CDC. And once you have those uh, test cruises approved and the CDC says, okay, you're checked off, it's okay, there is something called uh, 60 days between test cruises and revenue cruises after approval from the CDC. I don't see a clarification whether that 60 days starts when the test cruises start or is that 60 days after they say you finished your test cruises. So between the 60 days of the test cruises or whatever that period of time is in there and the 30 days written notice, you're looking at three months. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe the 60 days between test cruises and revenue cruises. Um, Maybe that's disembark day from from test cruise to the revenue cruise. I would say from the 60 days between, yeah, from the first day probably sailing to the first day sailing of the revenue. I see the CDC actually coming out, maybe saying that we approve your test cruise and that it's going to be 60 days. I'm not sure. So that's kind of up in the air. It's not clarified, but that's a considerable chunk of time. Yeah. And so, well, you know, maybe they're already running some of these tests already. And we just There's not. Nobody's been approved for test cruises um, from U.S. ports at this point in time. So... We're looking at, that's kind of where that two-day cruise comes in, and it's kind of weird. Right. Brad and I kind of wonder if that two-day cruise from Vancouver to Seattle might be that test cruise, shakedown cruise, if you will. Yeah, the only thing is, is it says test cruises and revenue cruises. So I don't know, is that price considered to be revenue, or is that just the price to run the ship? 
once again, um, <laughs> there hasn't been a lot of clarification. Um, clarification. But, but um, it, would, it would make perfect sense for him to do it because Canadians are allowed to cut, and not with this, what I stated earlier, but right now are allowed to leave the country of Canada. Right. And right now, um, Disney has canceled cruises through April 2nd, which if we're middle of this January right now, or towards the end of January, if you will, January 20th, we're still not looking until that time period of reopening in April if everything moved on time and perfectly. So I'm thinking that April sailings might be a bit ambitious based on the CDC guidelines. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And, and I, I mean, just the, it's just a random date, July 7th of it going from Vancouver to Seattle. Well, maybe CDC doesn't work as hard on July 4th. <laughs> they tend to celebrate their own Independence Day. I don't know. Maybe, you know, um, government offices are usually closed on federal yeah. holidays. So maybe that's it. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because those Alaskan cruises, uh, either for a lot, for some companies, just completely canceled them outright this year. One cruise line sold their ship that was supposed to be doing an Alaskan cruise. And so, <laughs> whoops, that's a way to find out about your cruise being, <laughs> being canceled. canceled. Um, and then other ones are, I've been seeing anywhere from March to uh, July. Nobody really goes March into Alaska. Oh, no, it's starting, it's starting their operations again. So, okay. Because I was like, wait a second. I so, don't know about you guys, but I do not want to be sailing in the middle of March in Alaska. For multiple reasons. Yeah. But there's, Cue the Titanic music. Yeah. There's there's a ton of, I would just say, just a weird, huge opening of dates. So there's so much uncertainty in this industry right now. Right. But I feel like all cruises, I think April might be ambitious based on what they need. Um, and of course, no cruise line wants to become the next Diamond Princess and have an outbreak on their ship and have people quarantined to the room and that whole nightmare because that can't be good for a cruise line going forward. Yeah. So, and I'm sure they're going to try to do their best. It's just going to be interesting to see. And also with the CDC, I believe Kim, you said there was a limited amount of people you can have on board on these ships as well. So my understanding is it's not going to be, um, they're not going to go to Disney cruise line or Norwegian or carnival and say, you can have so many people on your ship. My understanding is it's going to be ship per ship. Okay. So, so once they board and do their things, they'll say, okay, the wonder can have 30% capacity while the, or maybe more on the one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it, maybe it's dependent on how the dense, how dense the ship is. Probably dining and entertainment yeah. and pool around the size and how they can let people flow without bottlenecks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they define all this uh, by, ship, by ship days. But there's a possibility that you could have a cruise booked and you're excited to go and be told, well, we have to have reduced numbers, so oh, good, you're good. not going. That would be rough. I think Yeah, I, that, I, that um, and it does, I, again, it does because so many people rebooked from 2020 into 2021. <laughs> Yeah, At a time us. when there probably wasn't the thought of a reduced capacity where they thought maybe this was only going to be an eight week, yeah, you know, yeah. a four, a month to two month long. We'll, we'll be done in three months with this and everything will yeah. be back to normal. We're good to go. Don't worry about it. You know, and that, we were booked that way. thinking, you know what? Oh, yeah. We're going to another year. Yeah. We'll no be fine. fine. No worries. Well, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Okay. So with that, I think, it would, you know, it's just, again, uncertainty. You know, a two-day cruise showing up on Disney's website is throwing a lot of a lot of questions in the air. I can't remember the last time I've seen a Disney cruise leave out of Seattle, so that's yeah. kind of interesting. 
and the go, plot thickens. And to go away, Disney new, announces news poorly. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got it t- was poorly announced. Got a tweet that annual passes are canceled at Disneyland Resort. But do not fear, a new program will be announced <laughs> later. Okay. Uh, that didn't that didn't satisfy a lot of the fans. A lot of people were really upset, and we read it. And we we're like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Right? A lot of annual pass holders' first reaction was knee gut. What are you doing? We heard a lot of bad news last week. We've heard about Disney World. What are you doing to our Disneyland? Don't mess with Disneyland. <laughs> the, the, Disneyland's a little bit protective, overprotected by the people here. <laughs> yeah, locals, we feel very personalized to Disneyland. It's our it's our home. It's like, it's, don't mess with our fortress or castle. It's part of California heritage. It is. So many of us feel like we've, I don't know, generations of going. And it's just a different... Um, feel among locals here than i think it is back in florida yeah and i think a lot of people are still upset about it but there's reasons that we're kind of looking at it that we can understand where disney's coming from it too right. uh they, i mean you got an estimated one million annual pass holders at disneyland according to the la times right and then if you look at how disney world reopened with um reservations reduced capacity a million people at their front door going, let me in Yeah, <laughs> all at once. And I wouldn't say all 1 million people are, you know, Southern California. It's probably people who have also spent significant time at Disneyland to buy the annual pass. Well, but let's be honest. We're having some major withdrawals from our <laughs> Disney parks. Yeah, you know, and I'd be guessing probably right around 75% is probably Southern California. Maybe. Of the pass holders. But, uh, but there's, it, a, there's been some... Um, the problem with is there's a lot of people that are local. They'll go part-time after work, after school. Mm-hmm. They have a random day off in the middle of the week or whatnot, and they go for the day. Yeah, there's a lot. And, and you know, really, um, how many people are going to go? If you had that capacity of 25%, and we saw it when downtown Disney reopened, there was lines. There was people. Hours like, long to get into there. And there's just people wanting their Disney here. And that was what they got. So they went and did it. And so I can see where Disneyland's concerned. Right. It, it, no matter what, I feel like this is a point where Disney was in a rock and a hard place. Because no matter what they did, not everybody was going to be happy. Yeah. It was going to be a really tough and, go for them. And quite frankly, it's like we said earlier, I don't see Disneyland opening until the summer at the earliest. At the earliest, yeah. And basically, um, Governor Newsom on a talk with Dr. Fossey had uh, alluded to late summer, early fall into reopening. And that's, I mean, that puts them over a year anyways. Yeah. And when you sit there and you think about everybody wants to come in and all of a sudden you're going to have these unhappy pass holders that are saying, I can't get reservations. I've already paid for this. And now they're all going to want to refund anyways. Yeah. And they're also giving you, if you want to go downtown Disney and use your annual pass, they're giving you a 30% discount downtown. So Only if you had the Premier Passport. It's only the Premier? Only the Premier. Oh, wow. I thought it was also the other ones. No. And that's um, February, now through, um, I believe it's February 28th on Monday through Thursdays. Okay. So until the beginning of March. Pretty much. And then um, the Premier Passport will still be good at the Walt Disney World Parks until March 31st. The Premier Pass holders will be able to get a Walt Disney World only annual pass through April 30th. So if you're wondering what the Premier Passport is, it is actually a passport that Kim and I both and Hayden have. It's what we use so we can go. We have no backout, blackout dates, no nothing. We can go to Disney World, Disneyland, and just show them our pass and get into the park without any problems. It made, it, it made sense because we would go down to Disneyland 
about once a month or so. Yeah, probably then, more than and probably more like tw- twice a month. That and there's times where we'd be down there three or four times a month, just depending on what's going on. Yeah, and then if we go a week, week and a half back to Disney World, it it was like we were getting Disney World for free because we already took care of the cost when we were over here at Disneyland. So it made sense for us. Yeah, all the taxes were. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> we had, but we, we got pay. discounts on both coast things like that. Yeah, and the, what I'm talking about is we actually had to pay sales tax on Florida sales tax and Disney or California sales tax on those passes. Well, you know, the government's got to get us yeah, for that, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, so it's good that they gave the premiere at least an option to go ahead and renew at Disney World because we're going to probably have to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have trips planned, and we want to make sure we keep our path, passes updated because right now you cannot get a passport at Disney World unless you already had one. Not a passport, annual pass. Oh, annual pass, sorry. I keep calling it passport because it's a premiere passport. Um, but there's some <laughs> exceptions so um, those are have active um, those that have active annual passes can still um, renew. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you have active world pa- uh, passes, you can renew, but, but they're not selling any new ones to new people. Actually, there's two exceptions. Oh, what's the other one? So guests that are turning three years old um, when they have their parents that are active um, pass holders. So that new age gap, they're, they want to make sure they get the littles in there. And uh, that the parents can keep going back, which is a good thing. So basically, yeah, with those restrictions and uh, you had to have a pass or your parents had to have a pass to mm-hmm. get it. It's it, there. Obviously, the, that's because of the right now, I believe Disney World's up to 35 percent capacity. 35, 40. Yeah, somewhere yeah, in there. They're not really. They're, they're not. It's an estimated. So we'll see what yeah. it is as they go up. But that's probably why they don't want the pass holder to rush, and they know at Disneyland they're going to have it. Yeah, and the guests um, who canceled at Walt Disney World um, during the closure can get new annual passes, but they don't qualify for that renewal discount. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, they I didn't can't... let you fall through the cracks, but they didn't take away the ouch. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a hard. A hard one, though, but rock and hard place. They they canceled and they didn't let us know on. And then kudos to Disney on that. They actually gave us a lot of heads up early about what they're doing with annual passes. Right. They kept giving us options to opt out and get refunds. The whole every few months, it seemed like we were getting emails um, that we could opt out. Brad and I didn't want to opt out. Ours was supposed to initially be put on hold and then that time added on to the end of our passes yeah and it was kind of because the situation we're in the premiere it makes it really difficult so we're just like you know what we'll go ahead and do that because it's confusing enough to disney i had no idea what they're going to do with it because i really think between the two passes and the amount of time the parks uh disneyland was closed it would have been a nightmare so there's also the thing is with disney doing all this is that disney i think they've been wanting to restructure their pass program for a while yeah, they've hinted at it. Um, Disneyland had a monthly plan that you could pay, making it more affordable for more people. So it wasn't that shock sticker value up front. Yeah, there was years ago. They, I believe, if I remember correctly, they did it for all the passes. And then matter of the California Select or uh, the higher passes up. Correct. But they changed it to where it's kind of the higher ones, except for, of course, the premier. You had to pay outright for it. But the yeah. higher tier passes at Disney, you actually do a monthly payment, which took a lot of shock out of that. It did take the shock away, but um, it made it more affordable. But it also, the backlash for them was the parks were so crowded. And yeah. it just, it, it got to the point where it kind of seemed like it was bursting at the seams on certain days. Especially if it was 
not a blackout day for the lower passes. Yeah, and especially like at, after three o'clock, you would have a ton of people show up, and then after five o'clock, you have a lot more people show up. And I think a lot of people enjoyed, especially on like our Friday, going down to Disney uh, when they have their food wine festivals. Oh, we're we're completely do we do it all the time. We'd yeah, be we, like, hey, it's after school, or you know, Hayden's out of school. Let's go down. Let's have dinner. Let's enjoy a roller coaster ride or two, and call it a day. Yeah, they've been wanting to restructure this for a while, so it gives them a chance to restructure it. I don't think it's going to go away complete. The annual pass program is going to go. It's just going to be a new form. Yeah, but then again, let's look at the other theme parks in Southern California and see how they measured up or what's different. My first favorite one, I had to say, I loved Universal Studio Hollywood's um, answer to Disneyland's uh, cancellation. Yeah, they were just trying to stir the pot a little bit, let's say. Well done, Universal. Well played. (laughs) Um, They tweeted out, hey, past members, yeah, you. We just wanted to let you know we love you. And we'll continue to sell annual passes once they reopen. And they will extend passes day for day for closure. Bravo, Universal. I loved that because... <laughs> we just bought our passes right before they... Literally a month, last February. So it was only good for a month. Not even a month. They... No, it was it was about a month. It was about a month? Yeah, because it was before um, Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Right before Valentine's Day we went. But okay. I was... Um, bravo, I because I was worried what other theme parks were going to do in response to... Yeah, especially you know when you do these, uh, you put a down payment on the pass so it's a little bit more than just that day's emission yeah and so similarly knott's berry farm extended uh their passes in annual passes into 2022 by the number of days closed on your individual pass so a day for day extension and they are still selling season passes oh they're still selling theirs they're still selling theirs wow as is um well universal will would say reopen yeah, I, well, I just figured they suspend it until they reopen, but I guess I don't think you validate it until they reopen. But you have the option to buy it. Wow, I mean, well, I guess I guess they get some money that way. Yeah, and then, um, but I didn't see any talk about a cancellation policy on their website. Hmm. So maybe they're handing that case by case basis. Yeah, Lego Land down in San Diego are continuing their annual passes as well. There will be no refund on annual passes. Ouch. Uh, because people have gone through a hard time right now. Um, Disney did offer a lot of options to cancel, get the money back. Yeah, and Disney, that's what I was saying. Disney was real good about that at first with their annual passes. Yeah. The news, the way they've been breaking news the past week, has been terrible. But Legoland did something. Um, I'm, they're extending pass month for month. I don't know what that means. So I'm wondering if... So if if it, you used it one month, uh, it was valid in one month. So say March counted as a full month. Right, but that means like if they reopen on the fourteenth, do you miss out on that like two weeks? Like it's we're just gonna count it as like it reopened in let's just say July. Yeah, and so it makes it look like on your pass that opened on July first instead of waiting until August first. And that's something that Legoland's gonna have to, I think, gonna have to answer. Um, yeah, it was it was really vague. Yeah, and I'll let you know it is Legoland's not exactly in San Diego. It's close. It's in Carlsbad, California, mm-hmm. so it's pretty close. So, um, and then if you're down that direction, you might look at SeaWorld San Diego, which is continuing to sell annual passes as well. Yeah. And ironically, Kim and I were over in San Diego when they reopened, uh, partially. The day. Yeah. Of, of it, that day they opened, 
uh, of course, they had restrictions under zoos and outdoor. They couldn't open the rides. But they had a food festival. Yep. We didn't go. Uh, we weren't comfortable going at that time. And that was a decision that was right for our family. We were just camping nearby. And um, I think we took a, we rented a sea dew and we went over and looked at it from the water. It was kind of cool to see, but yeah, it was definitely <laughs> yeah close. <laughs> Um, but they're offering discounts on limited time events. Like um, they just started a Sesame Street Parade of Lights, which is a drive through event, which will run through February 14th. Their pass, uh, annual pass members will get 50% off tickets. Um, normally, um, the cost is $49.99. Why don't they just say $50? Oh, because it's a psychological thing. The 99 it makes it think, well, it's not that $50. You know, but- no, it just pisses me off. Be real. <laughs> okay. Um, per vehicle, which is good. Um, and then 50% off of souvenirs and 20% off of snacks and drinks. So that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, for, at least it's, I'm, at least it's something for their annual pass holders. Um, I, yeah, they, they actually got into a bunch of trouble because in the beginning they were still charging for season passes monthly when they were closed and that is now stopped after some mm. major backlash i would think so especially in san diego people probably weren't exactly happy about that one. i wouldn't have been happy you're charging me for somewhere i can't go yeah and you also gotta remember you got families down there military families because mm-hmm. um, you got the huge marine base down there correct so but anyways um i still like that they're um they've now um put a pause on their annual passes to extend into when they reopen but mm-hmm. the fact they're offering a discount on of event is a good thing i still don't think that that's the best deal out there out of the theme parks but they did okay yeah i think we're, we're talking about the best deal maybe we're talking about six flags magic mountain so the 2020 season pass was extended into 2021 and six flags magic mountain is unique because they don't just have annual passes they have something called memberships, but um, the membership is kind of like they give you, depending on what tier, like maybe front line passes or extra benefits like that. That's kind of, it sounds kind of like Costco. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I don't but, know. Uh, the memberships were allowed to um, pause them, but they didn't get any of the benefits they were going to give to people that continued to pay during this time. So I don't know if you continue to pay or not pay. I don't know. Oh, oh we'll have to talk to, maybe talk to some friends about that one. Cause yeah, yeah, we have some friends or that's an interesting topic. Maybe we'll look into that in the yeah. future. So they're, um, they're keeping their memberships include free upgrades. So gold plus goes to platinum, platinum, to diamond, diamond to elite. Um, I would have loved to been out to been a diamond elite <laughs> because they're getting triple, um, membership points. They're getting an extra front of the line pass per visit to just to magic mountain. So if you went, you could get you get so many per day based on their pass, so you get an extra. I like that because I don't like to wait in line, <laughs> and they're not charging for it per se. And you also get a golden ticket in 2020 for. I'm. It's funny. I just realized their website said 2020. I believe they mean 2021 for. Well, a they may not updated the website completely True. yet. But one golden ticket for 2020 for a friend. Well, that's a little past. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. That's like finding the Wonka ticket two years late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they met 2021. Um, but you can also cancel your membership. So that's kind of a cool thing, too, if you didn't want to continue that. Um, if you paid in bonus months at the beginning of all this and you canceled, 
that money can be turned into a park gift card. They're not going to really give you money back from what I saw. I could misunderstand that, but that's the way it appears to be. Yeah, and some of this is because we're not, we don't have membership to Magic Mountain. So it's kind yeah. of hard for us to read into exactly what everything is. And then annual passes and memberships get free admission to holiday in the park drive through um, experience, which is ran from November 20th um, till January 31st. Which we have done. Actually, okay, we'll real quick talk about that. Or actually, let me finish with this. <laughs> so the only thing is they have to book the reservations ahead of time online. And it's um, usually $25 per person in a car without that um, membership to get in free. Yeah, and it's like I said just a minute ago that we have done this because, well, we're trapped at home. We wanted to get out of the house and do something. In Southern California, when there are a lot of sports, places you cannot go, but you can do a safe drive through event, please, for the love of God, I want to look outside my f the walls of my living room. Yeah, it gave us a chance to go do something, and it was a neat. It was actually a lot of fun. You actually drove your car right through the park. The whole theme park, where usually people walk, you were driving right next to all the, the rides. Yeah, and they had music, and they had a couple of rides turned on for the lights and just kind of action. It was uh, Christmas themed, and they turned it into after Christmas theme, like a New Year's, and then they had like a Lunar New Year's celebration, which was kind of cool. Yeah, where normally they had Santa in the sleigh at the very end, they changed it to Santa and in his beach gear on vacation. I think Santa deserves a vacation <laughs> after Christmas, probably especially after last year. I'm glad Santa can get away. But the, the what a lot of these parks are doing here in Southern California is kind of interesting because you usually have Universal and uh, Disneyland as destinations for Los Angeles. Yeah, but I really like that. These smaller parks are trying to compete with them and trying to show up Disney a little bit of what they did and say, hey, you know, yeah. come to us. And I, these I, drive through events, um, they've been hit and miss throughout Southern California. I think considering what the Six Flags Magic Mountain was, I didn't like the cost per person. I would have rather seen like a yeah, but per all, vehicle. But also giving it to their annual pass members, you know, I mean, that's that would have been great. You know, if I was an annual pass member, oh, let's go. No problem. Right. It almost begs the difference. Should we upgrade to or should we have had? It's too bad we didn't have an annual pass. Um, it's I don't know what it is about Magic Mountain. Um, you're not big on the big roller coasters. Uh, in the past, I loved roller coasters and I had a lot of fun, but I'm not that big on them anymore. Maybe Hayden getting older, it would be better for him to go. The friends that we're talking about, they have a son at Hayden's age that he loves going, but the mom will just go and hang out, doesn't like the roller coasters. Yeah, maybe they'll have to be my new social event is to go hang out <laughs> at Magic Mountain with uh, some of my friends while the kids go on the roller coasters. And quite frankly, it was really cleaned up. It was very nice. And I mean, I... We haven't been out there since, I don't think since we... Before had, we had Hayden, we haven't been out to Magic Mountain, to be honest. So that's almost 14 years. Okay. It's been a while. But anyways, <laughs> on that note, though, um, the cool thing about the event was because you drove by every single ride, pretty much, is I got excited. I wanted to all of a sudden go on some of these rides. I wanted to go out and go, and go on Viper. I liked Viper a lot. Yeah, it was a great way to... To promote their park. I mean, really, yeah. I, you can't find a better promotion for that. Yeah. It definitely made me miss theme it, parks and been like, oh, can we? But you've been seeing this a lot, and we saw this beforehand. Uh, um, a lot of these parks open for food festivals beforehand, trying to do something to get to create revenue. Um, Knott's right. did it. Who else? Knott's, was, Knott's did a really nice um, food festival. 
uh, obviously Disneyland opened up um, the downtown Disney but district. They were, but they were one of the last ones to do that. I mean, really, these food festivals were going on right when they could. Um, I don't think so. I think SeaWorld was the last one to open. Was it? Oh, well, SeaWorld they, was But they along. opened with the food festival and their um, opening of like the sea attractions and different things like that. Yeah, the outdoor. They weren't allowed to open up their rides, but they were open to like the exhibits, they, the animal exhibits. Yeah, they fell under the whole zoos um, mm-hmm. portion of that time when they opened. So they were able to open that and get people coming in. I mean, it was great they were doing that. Um, Disney finally opened DCA after all this for the, the Buena Vista Street. Street. I've and, and that was only for what a week. And then they had it was to close like two it. weeks that they were open, two and a half <laughs> weeks or it. so. And it was funny because I would made reservations and almost got comfortable where I thought I wanted to think about going back mm-hmm. to eat there. And then the numbers started rising. I was like, I'm not comfortable anymore. Yeah, and unfortunately, we haven't gone back because of we're just not feeling 100% comfortable going back to... Well, we're living in a place where the numbers are, uh, quote unquote, just... one in three people have the virus. So Yeah, basically, we're in probably one of the worst areas in the nation right now. So it's kind of, you know, what we can do. Right, which isn't a whole bunch, but we can talk to you guys about <laughs> Disney and travel and uh, when we can get back to all this fun. But I mean... Considering all the whole travel industry in general has just been rattled and shaken to the core. Yeah, and it's not just in the California. It's, this Mm-mm. is all the United States, international. They're trying to figure out everything. Everybody's scrambling, trying to fix things. Um, yeah, and I mean, Disney, I understand they've had to make cutbacks. Um, they're, they're hurting. I mean, they just announced Disneyland Paris's reopening is being pushed back. And obviously, that there's problems there. There's uh, a ton of things. Not, I mean, uh, Super Mario World uh, is being delayed in Japan. Correct. So there's all these little things. I think we all are looking forward to the time when we can get back and to hopefully a positive um, future. I'm glad that Disneyland, or actually, sorry, I'm glad that Disney this week has come back with some um, positive. I mean, because last week, I think everywhere on social media and everywhere we put, I was like, Disney, we need some good news. Yeah, we need the, something. Throw again, us a good bone. Again, the way they've been announcing things, it, I, don't, I think it maybe it's just a change in leadership right now of everything of the parks divisions, Disney World, Disneyland. Right. And, and there's been so much darkness and talking about that when they released that clip from... Um, about the web slingers and Spider-Man adventures. Okay, that's the news we need. When we see the French Pavilion at Epcot partially opening, we're seeing a future. We're seeing positive movement forward. Heck we're I, not seeing things taken away. Heck, I was happy to see the Muppets on Disney+. Plus. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I definitely like to hear new content that we love um, traditionally coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, and taking any news that's positive anyway. I mean, that two-day cruise is a positive sign to me that Disney released that. That's the first movement forward we've seen. Yeah, so it means there's something happening, something turning. We can can speculate all we want until Disney says what it is. And hopefully, please, Disney, announce it the right way. I think that's probably you and I's biggest pet peeve. (laughs) Last week is when they dropped those big bombs with the Magical Express and taking away extra magic hours, it wasn't done with a lot of... Um, well, heck, they even canceled passes. It was at like almost at 4 o'clock on Pacific time on, uh, by a tweet. 
I think they want to wait till the offices were almost closed I mean, and the I, phone lines. We don't want to hear about it. Take a night, think about it. And don't then... tweet it. Do a press release. Do a proper press release where it explains everything and have things prepared. Well, I just think they could have worded things differently yeah. because the knee-jerk reaction last week was, oh my goodness, you're taking away everything. Nothing new is coming out. Nothing oh, good. And people completely flipped. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, people... There was like a mini revolt. Yeah, and... and... It's like I said, we we sat back and thought about it for a minute, but we also knew we tried to be somewhat rational. We were very emotional about it too. Don't get us wrong. It's sad that, sad that it's a program that we loved and we love using, but we read the whole tweet. We didn't just say our Disneyland annual pass is canceled. There is a new program they're going to announce later, and that, with the COVID nineteen restrictions, as it said in the tweet, we understand. Okay, yeah, I just <laughs> they they just dropped these landmine bombs last week, and it was just like, okay, we need some good news. Yep. So and so this week they have definitely done that better, but um, I feel well, like... I don't know if they've done it better. They just put a two two night cruise and didn't say anything about it. Okay, well, actually, it's kind of funny because the French Pavilion just kind of opened with no word either. It was just like. People showed up and they're like, "Ooh, look, it's open." Well, I don't think, yeah. I uh, mean, it's not a big like. It's not a big thing, but I mean, it, it, it is big because we're all wanting something new and positive. I mean, they're not announcing this, but hey, we're taking any positive where we can. French Pavilion open, hey, awesome. But they did announce the um, the new Star Wars trading post and yeah. the Web Slingers uh, Spider Man venture. They put out that little clip. Uh, they threw us a little bit of a bone, if you will, thankfully. Yep. So we're going to end, hopefully, on that positive news, and we're going to take it as positive news. Mm -hmm. So I think with that, it's time for us to say goodbye and find, find your, your magic. magic. Bye, well, everyone. Bye, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.